Welcome to Executives at the Edge, a podcast brought to you by MEF. I'm your host, Pascal Benazis. Join me as we explore thought-provoking perspectives from the leaders and changemakers who are propelling enterprise digital transformation forward. So I'm so excited today to have Kelly Ahuja, CEO of Versa Networks. Kelly, welcome to Executives at the Edge. Thanks, Pascal. Happy to be here. Well, you know, I love all our listeners to hear your background. You have such an extensive background. So if you could just talk about your background, it'd be really awesome. Ah, well, uh, I don't know where to begin. Uh, <laughs> like you, I'm uh, somewhat Canadian, but uh, that aside, uh, I've spent the last six years at Versa Networks as the CEO. And prior to that, I spent uh, a few years at Cisco um, right, in different roles in product management, general management, and running uh, their product portfolio. Well, I, I think you're being a little modest. I know you've done some tremendous uh, impact in the industry. So talk about a little bit about Versa. I mean, what, what a great success story so far, hitting the market from startup to where you are today. Could you talk a little about Versa? Yeah, happy to. Um, you know, I, I joined Versa, the founders, uh, Kumar Napurva Mehta had founded it in 2012. Um, and their vision was uh, very simple. Um, they were being asked to put services into routers, and they realized that that model was not going to scale. So they had a vision, and the vision was really to put all of services that would be required um, of networking and security services all into a software platform. So what they actually built initially was a cloud-centric uh, platform that you could actually do a virtual CPE in. So all the services that you would typically do on a, on a prem, on a CP on-prem, they could do it in the cloud, and it was built as cloud-native, multi-tenant, all the things you would expect from a modern age uh, software stack. Um, and ironically, uh, that's where the industries come around to, which is networking and security have to converge. Uh, we used to call it secure SD-WAN because it wasn't a nice, uh, sexy name to it, but Gartner um, actually helped us by in creating SASE as a new name, which really is about networking and security coming together. And we find ourselves in the middle of the storm or the tornado or whatever you want to call it because that's taken the industry by 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 uh, by a, uh, a storm, and we're right in the middle of that. That is amazing. Actually, I remember when I um, I actually know Pravin Kumar. I actually know Kumar really well, and uh, I remember him showing me um, what he was going to do initially, and it was it was virtual firewalls, and they and he came from that from Juniper, I think. Right. And uh, and so happens that then they went into SD WAN because that was the market then, and right. now all of a sudden it's all integrated exactly with his vision. So. Yeah, so isn't that incredible? It, it's true, and you know, I I, th I think the 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 shift towards SD WAN wasn't really that we left all the other pieces aside. Uh, security was always a part of the investments in day one of the company. It just so happened that our belief was that to be able to use SD WAN, uh, you're opening up uh, an internet uh, connection, a perimeter somewhere uh, in in the in the enterprise network, and you have to protect that. So security was fundamental in being able to provide protection not just on, on the outbound, but even on the inbound Absolutely. interface, because that attack surface has been now opened up. Um, and that's what we've been doing since day one. So tell us what's keeping enterprise uh, CEOs, CISOs up at night. So love to hear. <laughs> well, these days, you know, given all the, uh, the global uh, geopolitical challenges, the concern around macroeconomy uh, and everything. I mean, so the biggest thing on, on most CEOs' mind, even on mine, is um, the uncertainty, the uncertainty about um, the, the, the business, uh, the timing, um, the cost structure, um, all, all CEOs are thinking about, hey, 
whatever, if I'm a, a public company CEO, I'm thinking about growth. What projection do I set for the, uh, for the, for the, for the investors? And am I going to be able to deliver it? How do I control costs? Because I want to make sure that I can uh, deliver on the bottom line. Um, and uh, really, the, the, um, the out, outskirt of that is that even in this current environment, cybersecurity is an area that seems to be relatively more resilient than, than other areas. Um, and that's really kind of the fundamental story, which is uh, no matter what's going on in the industry, security, um, how people are working has changed, um, uh, people are moving to cloud, um, and the confluence of that is really creating an inflection point of, uh, of needing something to be able to protect protect your users, protect your data, protect your, your uh, things, uh, and also connect uh, to applications and workloads. Now, you know, we've heard about this new security code that Gardner account called SASE. Mm -hmm. uh, so this is at the heart of your product now is a SASE, a, a product portfolio, right? Yeah. Uh, which means as SD-WAN plus security functions all living in the cloud. That's uh, right. So what, what, what really, are, what are the benefits of SASE to the enterprise, how does it address their security needs? Yeah, so there's really two parts of this. One is um, SASE stands for Secure Access Services Edge. Right. Um, and it's not unlike in the past, you know, where you kind of said routing. And it wasn't routing, it was a router. It was a firewall. It was like appliances uh, or functions which were built into appliances. SASE is more like uh, uh, an integrated set of functions that have been pulled together that do both networking, and it's just it's not just SD-WAN, it's more than SD-WAN. You've got to do all sorts of networking capabilities. You've got to do QoS, DHCP server, DHCP relay, um, carrier grade NAT, um, DOS, many other things, along with all the security. So SASE is really a combination of both of those. And um, uh, ironically, the, the vision for SASE that Gartner has had, and, which is aligned with ours, which is, um, and I actually simply put it, which is SASE is really designed to protect because that's one of the key things that SASE delivers is security and connect. Uh, and the connection part is the connecting users, devices, or, or, or sites anywhere to workloads or applications anywhere, anytime. Uh, and it's a combination of both of those that is SASE. And that's really important because there's many vendors out there today that say they're SASE vendors, but all they do is uh, one or two or three functions and they don't do it with an integrated platform, they do it with a bunch of products. Yeah, and you know, you see SASEs become really confused. <clears throat> many, many, many uh, companies are claiming SASE, many providers are saying SASE. Mm. I think enterprises are confused, but I think one of the key drivers is this work from anywhere. This idea right. that wherever I want to work from, I've got that corporate kind of postures, but I can do it from wherever I want to work from. And wherever I'm going to, I'm secure. And that's obviously now all the clouds. So one of the things I'm seeing is the internet's becoming, the, you know, the, the first mile is an internet loop. Absolutely. Right, right after you hit that internet loop, you're not going some regional area. That SASE cloud is living very close to you, wherever that user is. So making that SASE cloud look like it's distributed all over the world, that, that's a huge amount. And there's a lot of confusion about, you know, how do you unify to get all of this security functions and all this networking function to describe to look seamless and work seamless. And it, I think it's become a problematic issue because no one can really do it all well. Now, I know Versa mm. uh, has a tremendous portfolio in all of these mm -hmm. things. So do you want to clarify? Yeah, so, so I think, let me, let me kind of phrase what you said slightly differently, which is in the new world, the world of today and tomorrow, workloads or applications are sitting in anywhere and everywhere. Exactly. Meaning they're in the edge, they're in a private data center, they're in 
public cloud, um, you know, whatever else, different clouds, wherever, right? Now, the, the enterprises have to allow their users to connect to those workloads as quickly as possible. And that requires uh, an on-ramp. And the on-ramp to the cloud is the internet. So uh, if the internet is the on-ramp, you don't ha really have a place in the network now that you can secure. You've got to build in security into networking. And that's what really SASE is about. So now, uh, your question about uh, uni unifying these things, right? Uh, SASE can be, can be it's, a, it's a, like you said, it's a very broad category. And um, um, there is some confusion inside the customers because um, some vendor will come in and say, well, I do um, pick your favorite uh, term, CASB or DLP or SWIG uh, or one or two of them and that I'm a, a SASE vendor. Well, not really because uh, the, the construct or the definition of SASE is you have to do both networking and security. Um, and the, it's been well-defined in terms of what networking capability and what security capabilities are needed. So why is that needed and why is that important? Well, there are many large incumbents out there um, who will um, have different products that they've built or acquired, um, and they'll say that, well, I have this function and that function and that function. But at the end of the day, what the customer has to do is buy those products separately and integrate them together. That's left to the customer, um, and but it's all from one vendor, one brand, right? Well, that's not really SASE. That's like a portfolio approach to SASE, which is a customer can go buy different products and different vendors and stitch them together. They don't have to buy them from one. The true unified SASE or the unification is really about having a single platform and a platform that can deliver all the networking capabilities and all the security capabilities. And if you look at Gartner's definition, they call it a single pass scanning architecture. What that means is that you can bring in a packet or a flow and you can unpack that once and apply all the services you need to and send that packet on its way. But that's not the only thing. Why? Because as you said, enterprises want to define a unified policy. They want to say it's Pascal using his Apple Airbook um, right now sitting in the Marriott in Marina del Rey. <laughs> what should his policy be, right? And if Pascal using that same device moves into his office, what should the policy be? It shouldn't be like it was in the past, which is islands of policy. And that's only made possible by having a unified data lake, which is all the information, all the logs, security and networking are going into one cloud platform, which is looking at all these logs. And then uh, for the administrator, you're getting a unified console view of looking at all of the things that Pascal may be doing or should not be doing uh, while wherever he is. So Versa, you have all these security functions because the best of breed, I mean, everybody's saying best of breed security functions, best of breed SDYN, yeah. best of breed ZTNA, Zero yeah. Trust Network Access. So can you, I mean, that's, that's why they're, you know, feel, people feel that that's you, right. not any one vendor can solve best of breed of everything. Well, uh, reality is that enterprises have been burnt, right? They've been burnt because the promise has been there to have this unification of the best of networking and the best of security all from one place, but it hasn't ever panned out. That's why enterprises have to go and buy, uh, CISOs tell me they have 70 different security products yes. just in their environments, which is so complex for them to build and just imagine lifecycle management and changes they have to make. Um, and when customers look at us, in fact, I just spoke to one today who was raving about the, the reliability of the network and how it's, they implemented it last year. And it's been 100% available for both the remote users and also on-prem users or sites over the last six months since they've actually impl implemented it fully. So they're seeing, A, the protection, but also the performance improvements that are required uh, to be able to deliver to their end users. So um, while others uh, may claim they have it, they may not, uh, and the ones that say best of breed is needed is probably because they don't have all the piece parts that they need. 
Uh, but in reality, if you have them all and they work well, which is what we do with Versa, you can actually have it all. <laughs> so, so what about 5G? 5G is a big, big thing. How will that impact cybersecurity? Well, uh, <clears throat> 5G is, is, uh, is, is actually a, a great thing for the industry. Uh, I mean, it's a continuation of 4G was. Uh, 4G in, say, uh, when used in sites and for devices, uh, created a lot of opportunity for service providers. Um, with 5G, what we're hearing about more of is rather than using LTE as failover, 5G can be a primary connection. Uh, 5G will distribute uh, the mobile network even more so because of the footprint and the packaging that are gonna, is going to happen into micro cells, et cetera. So, uh, and also for private mobility, 5G uh, as an alternative inside, uh, whether it's factories or offices and as an alternative to Wi-Fi is more of a uh, managed or a secure connection. So there's many use cases of 5G that are happening. Ironically, um, 5G also requires security and 5G security also requires networking. So there is a very, very unique combination of SASE <clears throat> that is applicable to 5G. Uh, we have been innovating very quietly uh, and driving deployments in, in 5G with SASE for many different things. So for example, one use case we address is uh, a CPE that needs a 5G interface, a radio interface, to, for a fixed wireless access. Second is a private mobility use case where 5G may be used by uh, a service provider to deliver uh, on-prem 5G connectivity services for factories or other use cases. The other one is even for remote um, uh, devices, if they are 4G or 5G capable, tying in um, uh, a consolidated view of the network with a single APN for the carrier, as opposed to multiple APNs, which typically do slicing, that's another one. And just slicing alone, and slicing 5G has been known for its slicing capability, but so far it's only in the core network and the radio network. Mm -hmm. Well, Versa can stitch that together with even a transport network slice as well, and tie it end to end, while isolating control plane, data plane, and management plane. So many, many different use cases of 5G. I think we're still in the early stages of SASE and 5G coming together. Some of the leading carriers are actually embracing it, adopting it, and now looking at architecturally uh, de deploying it. Now, I'd imagine IoT would be a very big one with uh, you know securing just the IoT itself with a SASE cloud, right? Absolutely. Uh, and I think that to me is just a, a no-brainer. So, Absolutely. And I think you know, you're going to see more and more sensors and of all types on trucks and cars and everything has to be secured. You're absolutely right. In fact, I mean, you just think of, of uh, uh, the unmanned vehicles yeah. uh, that are going around and all the automated cars or self-driving trucks or whatever what you, you talk about. There's going to be more and more things that are going to be out there and they're going to have to be secure, right? And they're going to have to be connected. So this construct of 5G with SASE, where security is delivered from the cloud as opposed to a mobile core infrastructure is, gonna, is actually getting embraced. What we're finding is that we can actually offload the resources for the core network by incorporating some of those functions that were typically in the core into the SASE uh, functions with uh, security especially. And that's actually helping the core network as well. Amazing. So what, in NEF, we've been standardizing SASE. We've actually just released the first standardization of SASE in Zero Trust. What's the role of standards in, in this world of SASE? Well, you know, it's, uh, it's interesting because uh, um, standards um, can be a blessing and a curse. Um, curse because you have to, it, it takes a village. Uh, it's not one tribe, it's many tribes that have to come together and agree on something. Uh, but the blessing part is that once you get there, it makes it easier for the industry to adopt. So particularly for our partners, the service providers of the telcos, it's much easier for them to have a, a common way of describing different vendors' products 
They want the flexibility of choosing vendor A, vendor B, or and stitching things together. And having some sort of standards or interoperability is really helpful for them to kind of do that with a peace of mind. Because at the end of the day, they're concerned about A, um, time to revenue, and B, driving costs down. Right. And standards can be allowing them a way to do that. They don't want to be locked into anything. Do you think also the certification to the standard might help? The, meaning not to the standard, but certification to an expected behavior outcome. So in other words, it's not about a standard. It's like, I think many, many enterprises want to know when they buy a SaaS service, am I secure? Yeah, How am I secure? I secure? Like, yeah. like, give me some view of point that I'm secure. And I think that is an extremely valuable point that no one can understand today. No, absolutely. And I, th I think if you, if you really take a look at most of the telcos today, they spend most of the times in their projects is on IT integration, right? Why? Because um, more than the function of what happens inside the function, which is typically proprietary in every vendor, um, they have to stitch things together. And stitching things together is where they spend most of the time and most of the lifecycle management is on that too. So if he can help them stitch things together better, it's not just about interoperability, but ha about having a peace of mind that I can take um, uh, product A from this vendor and product B from that vendor or multiple functions from the same vendor and stitch them together, they'll work fine. That is going to help them drive A, time to market, time to revenue, and then B, reduce cost as well. So I think that the certification thing actually has much more value uh, and near-term impact to the bottom line and the top line of the service providers. Got it. Well, last question. I'm seeing a lot of this kind of model where providers are saying, you know what, I will support multiple SASE vendors, but instead of integrating all of that vertically in my POPs, I'm just going to connect and co-locate to the nearest vendor's uh, <laughs> POP. Right. Or data centers where they're operating, let them operate it, let, let them run the bits. Right. Uh, and I call that the horizontal integration model versus vertical. Uh, are you seeing that? Because I'm, I'm, I'm hearing that from more and more providers and vendors saying that the model is going that way. Yeah, there's, 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 uh, you know, two approaches, uh, and you know, there, there are many vendors claiming to be SASE vendors. Uh, some pure cloud security vendors who claim to be SASE vendors are going to operators and saying, "Hey, you know what? Um, you can be the access network and bring traffic to me, and I'll aggregate it, and I'll, you know, I'll, I'll aggregate for you. I'll provide the security service." and then I'll, I'll send it out on its merry way. You know, the analogy I give to folks is that um, uh, it's not just about, uh, and by the way, airlines, since we all flew here, let me use that example. Um, a cloud security vendor is gonna open up a pop. They're gonna open up a pop in place A or place B or place C. Just because you've opened up a pop, which is equivalent of say an international airport, it doesn't mean that you can provide full end-to-end -end service because all you've done is provided a gateway to get in the air. That's what most cloud security vendors have done. Uh, SASE is much different than just kind of a TSA line or a check-in line. You have to have a unique experience. And the example I'll give you is Emirates. Emirates, when you book with them, they'll come pick you up at home. They know exactly what it's going to take for you to get to which airport because they're taking care of that. They've already checked you in and you've got a TSA pre-clear whatever line to get through and you're in the lounge and they've picked the right flights for you to get from point A to point B, even if it goes through C or D, to get to that destination. That's SASE. The other thing I talked about is not sassy. So for telcos, now getting back to the relevant part, what is it that the telcos can bring in in terms of their, their, their capabilities? They have operational skills, they have infrastructure, they have footprint. So we have a very, very effective partnership with telcos where we're actually doing a co-develop model where it's their infrastructure, they can put pops wherever they want, they can bring in what they bring best, which is operational skill sets, 
the infrastructure, the connectivity, the network part, and we bring our capabilities, our software, and we actually then co-develop, co-deploy a service, and then we manage the infrastructure and they manage the customers. And that oh, really wait. works well with them. Oh, interesting. So it's not they're co-locating with you, you're actually- We co-locate co with them. Yeah. So when you co-locate in their pop, like, but do you, do you actually manage the all your software and all the infrastructure, uh, hardware infrastructure and data co-located right in their pop? That's right. Yeah. We manage, I mean, we manage the cloud infrastructure yeah. and the, 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 the security updates. Everything is provided by us, whereas they can actually just go in and turn on the customers. Ah, okay. So it's, it's really a, a co-location model, except it's in their pops. That's right. And yeah. the reason for that is, is just because you have a pop or two pops in a country doesn't mean you have full coverage. Germany, Brazil, uh, pick any large countries. You're going to need a lot of pops. And so, you know, who, who's got the footprint and who's got the, the infrastructure to go build that? It's typically the telcos. But, you know, we've been working on this automation APIs and we've been talking about connecting the ecosystem, the Sonata, I think you heard Sonata uh, APIs, yeah. uh, which is business functions and now the operational aspects mm -hmm. of the interlude. Do you not think that the, there'll be some kind of integration has to happen between all your software Absolutely. and their business systems and so on. So that is, you're already seeing that happen. Absolutely, and that has to happen. Yeah. And by the way, it has to happen in enterprise too, because you've got to put into IT workflows like ServiceNow. So, yeah. In the telco world, you have to tie into OSSBS systems. That is a requirement. And you have to have the ability to have open APIs to be able to do those integrations easily and quickly. And we've been doing that for the last 10 years. Well, Kelly, as always, a pleasure to talk to you and such a illuminating viewpoints. And I want to thank you for this episode. Sounds great. Thank you, Pascal, for having me and uh, look forward to uh, continuing to contribute to Matt.